This is the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truths simple. Your hosts, Nick Burt and Aaron Apple. Hey, 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 everybody. We are back for another episode, and we are going to introduce a new series this week. And uh, we're going to kind of use this series as a as a filler between yeah, um, whatever topics we're thinking about. Yeah, so we did some topics. If you go back and listen to our BuzzFeed, um, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or wherever, um, we've done The Fear in God, a couple couple um, episodes on that. We've done a couple ep- a series of episodes on Armor of God. Uh, we just got done doing more of a um, more of a breakdown of Scripture, a couple weeks of that. And so in between some of these series that we do, we, we're going to do another series that we're going to call Who Is... And we're just going to go through some um, people in the Bible. This time, we're going to go through, um, we're going to go over the big J, Jesus. We're going to talk about who is Jesus. Uh, we figured we start with him because he's the main character of the Bible, as he should be. And he should be the main character in our lives. Right. And that would be that he is the main character in the Old Testament. Yes. And the New Testament. Yep. And I say that, we didn't. Well, we pulled one scripture yeah. from the Old Testament today, but yeah. he is—he is the character of the Bible. You, if you read the Old Testament, I remember being challenged to find Jesus in it. And when you go through, and uh, you get to like Numbers and Deuteronomy and some of those ones that aren't so fun to read, um, mm-hmm. you can throw that challenge in there and try and find Jesus in it. And sometimes that makes it a little more. Exciting, yeah. if you will. I'll give you a perfect example. I happen to be listening to this and studying this the other day. Um, Abraham and Isaac in the Old Testament. Jesus, God promised Abraham that he'd have a son that would multiply the earth. And then he finally got that son when he was super old. His wife was 99. He was 100. And then God later said, sacrifice your son. And so they went and the son laid on the altar and ultimately, God stopped him because uh, Abraham had that faith. Um, but if you read that story and think of God and Jesus, Abraham had to say Abraham needed to sacrifice, or God sacrificed his son Jesus for us. Abraham was asked to sacrifice. So, just reading stories like that and thinking of God and Jesus, um, looking throughout the whole Old Testament for Jesus, just little stories like that totally, um, totally come to life in a different way. Yeah, so that that brings us to I, I, the first point I think I we were going to make, and I, that is God calls Jesus his son. Right? Absolutely. So uh, the first place we're going to go, if you want to flip your Bible to there, um, if you're following along here, it is Matthew 3, uh, and it'll start at verse 3 as well. But in this story, uh, it starts out with John. So John the Baptist is out preaching in the wilderness and telling the people to prepare a way, yeah. prepare the way for what is to come. And he was telling people that the Messiah is going to come. Um, and during this time, I believe this was kind of new too, he was calling on people to repent. Mm-hmm. So he wanted them to repent of their sins and um and after people were doing that, he was baptizing them in the Jordan River, right? Yeah. Um, so then Matthew 3, 3, where we talked about, 
Um, this references something Isaiah said in the Old Testament, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so that's what John was doing. That was his calling on his life is he would teach about the coming Messiah and prepare people's hearts and prepare the way for ultimately Jesus to show up on the scene, which he does obviously throughout the gospels. Was kind of out in left field compared to all the other Pharisees and the preachers of the time. Yeah. And he had a much greater insight of what was coming mm-hmm. and, and what his job was in preparing this way for Jesus. Um, that at an interesting point in this, uh, Matthew 3.16, um, a little bit before that, John's taken back by a request of a guy that shows up to be baptized, right? Yeah. And and that guy that guy was Jesus. Jesus, yep. The guy is preparing the way for, right? This is the Messiah. And John gets a request from him to be baptized. And Yeah, so if you picture that that scene, Jesus, John's probably out in the shallows of the water preaching, having people come and get baptized. And then Jesus shows up. And I, I, I don't know if, I, this is the way I think of the Bible. Did John see him and realize who he was immediately? I that, think he did. I think he did. And he said, oh my gosh, here he is. Oh, this is the person. And that was probably excitement for him, finally. And, and Jesus here. steps down into the water. And John's probably like, oh, I cannot wait to be baptized by Jesus, the Messiah. Yeah. person that I have been waiting for and preparing this way. And like you said, he was kind of taken aback because. Yeah. Jesus asked him to be, he asked John to baptize him. Yeah. And what that's so, yeah, he wanted to be baptized by Jesus. Yep. So that's what it says. But what an honor mm. and privilege to be the one be the one that baptized yeah. Jesus. I, I, he, I would imagine he probably argued a little, no, no, you, you need to baptize me. And Jesus says, no. And this is the kickoff of Jesus's three and a half year ministry here. Um, Matthew three sixteen is so John baptizes him and we know baptism in, you know, in our Christian faith, it, it, it symbolizes the dying to yourself and having the new, the new, the new body, the new um, life in Christ, and so Jesus, John baptized him, brought him up, and Matthew three sixteen says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and aligning on him, and a voice from heaven said, "This is my Son, whom I love; with him I am well pleased." So right there out of the gate, this says Jesus is, is God. He, he is, he is, we know him as fully God and fully man is what the Bible says. And right here is proof that he is the son of God. Right. So in this moment, like what, I mean, how this is better than a beautiful sunset, right? Mm -hmm. Like the skies parted and a dove. Descended upon Jesus and, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit and a voice from heaven came down. Yeah. 
and said, this is my son. God said, Jesus is my son. This is who he is. And there were probably many witnesses to this because John was baptizing other people. Like it wasn't just John standing there in the river. So there were many witnesses to this at, at, at that time when it happened. Yeah. And this is who Jesus is. He's the son of God. Yeah. So he, he's, he's the son of God. He's got that divinity, that God. And then he's also man because he was born of a virgin, virgin birth. You can read in Matthew. Um, and he, he comes down and lives a life like a man. Now, obviously he is perfect and he lived a perfect life, but he was tempted in every way we were too. So, and we'll get to that in a minute, but but this is a, a proven, and I like the way you said there were witnesses there because John John was preaching his normal pre people came down to see this crazy guy right. preaching the good news, and then here he shows up. Right. So yeah, there would have been witnesses. Witnesses would have heard this, and which I think shows to something of you know being baptized publicly because it is baptism is a profession of faith. Is saying, I am no longer me. Right. I am now a new person yeah. in Christ. And so that's what, I mean, Jesus is the same. Jesus lived a life just like we did. He lived it better, <laughs> much better, right. much more perfect than we could ever do. But here, here he is in professing his fit, his, his, who he is in front of people. Right. And yeah, such a, we'll get into more detail about some of that here in a little bit. Yeah. But um, then again, in John, in John twelve, this this happens again. So at this point, uh, Jesus is predicting his death. So uh, that's the word used in the Bible, predicting. I don't think Jesus was predicting anything. He yeah. already knew it. Yeah. So it was foreshadowing, or more or less, he's just telling you what's going to happen. Yeah. So he's telling you, I'm going to die. I already know how I'm going to die. Yeah. But in this instance, uh, John twelve. 27 through 29. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. So this is Jesus speaking, and he's calling to the Father. So once again, this is pointing to Jesus knows he is the Son of God. Yeah. It is, um, and that's that's firsthand there. Uh, John twelve twenty eight. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and will glorify it again. Verse twenty nine. The crowd that was there and heard it said, it had thunder. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Yeah. So once again. There's a lot of witnesses, yeah. and this is a conversation between the Father and the Son. So, yeah, here here Jesus is saying, Lord, this is my hour. This is my time of my ministry. Um, glorify your name through what I'm doing. And God said, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. So he is, he is a God in heaven is saying, yep, this is, this is real. 
You know what I mean? Because a lot of people, even Jews today, don't. Jesus was a prophet. He was a he was a good person, but he wasn't the Messiah. They're still waiting on their Messiah. Right. But if you look in the Bible and you read the Bible, God is saying, nope, this is legit. Like, this is my son, and I have glorified him. Right. And the other thing I like about this, um, so we talk about being fully man, fully God. In this instance, it starts out with, now my soul is troubled. So Jesus was feeling this. It wasn't just that he walked this earth and was was godlike. Yeah. He was having yeah. human he was having human feelings. He was yeah. having human things happen to him and he was very troubled by what he was feeling coming. Um and I think sometimes we can relate to that with the Holy Spirit. We can feel something is off and we don't know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. In this instance, Jesus is walking through it and predicting predicting his death and he yeah. he doesn't want to die i imagine that's why his soul's troubled oh yeah yeah later in the garden of gethsemane he prays sweats of um he sweats drops of blood i mean he does not necessarily want to do this what he knows he's going to do um yeah like like you said jesus had to he felt the same way we feel he feels this my soul is troubled he had to feel that way because if he was if he was godlike walking around godlike like he said, his sacrifice that he later does on the cross isn't going to isn't going to satisfy that we can that we read God's wrath. It's not going to satisfy that for us. He needed to live like we did, right? In order to, and he needed to live perfect. Right. So from the time he was born to the time he ultimately died, he lived a perfect life, which is hard to imagine. To me, that's extremely hard to imagine. I don't doubt it at all. You can see he was tempted in the desert. For 40 days, he fasted, and he was tempted in every way we were. Um, you, can look in, you can look in Hebrews, Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every res- respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So that verse points to what we were just saying here is, he lived exactly a human life. He went through the same things we go through, but he lived it perfect, and he had to. I, I think that's a, a great point, Nick, out of Hebrews 4.15, um, which brings us to our next verse, which is Luke 9.18-22. through 22. Once when Jesus was praying in private and the disciples were with him, he asked them, what do the crowds say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, Others say Elijah, and still others that the one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked. What do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Yeah. So for context, this takes place in the Bible right after he feeds the 5,000 with two loaves, or five loaves and two fish. If you don't know that story, you can go back and listen to one of our episodes. We did a breakdown of that story. So right after that, I don't know how long after that. Could be the next day, could be later, but but Jesus pulls the disciples aside. They're probably just chilling. It's hot, whatever it is. And he says, Who who are the people saying I am? 
right? Because the people that he's talking about have seen him. In in Luke here, he just got done feeding 5,000 people. So they know of him. Right. This is towards the end of his ministry, we said. So this is maybe three years into his ministry. He, he keeps prying at him. Who, who do they say I am? Who do the people say I am? And, you know, the disciples probably just... Yeah, I heard this person over here said John the Baptist, and that person said Elijah come back, and prophets long, you know what I mean? And then he said no. And then he looks at Peter, I imagine, because Peter's that guy. It's always out in left field sometimes. Right. And he says, who do you say I am? And he says, God's Messiah, And which was dead on. And I and I think it's in Matthew. Um, you can read the story in, in some of the other gospels, but he says, you're right. And he said, but not of you, the spirit led you to that or gave you that information. So, so then in verse 21, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed on the third day, be raised to life. So I think he said, you got it, Peter, but don't tell anyone yet because I'm not done with what I got to do. He still needed to die on the cross. And he knew that, like we talked about before. He knew his hour was coming. Right, he did. And in this verse, what I like is the people were trying to figure out who he is. And that's still us. Like, yeah. We're still trying to, there's people out there still trying to figure out who is Jesus? What is this story all about? Who Who is God? Like, and and that's us. And that's what this verse reminds me of is I was in that scenario at one point in my life. Like, who is this character? Mm-hmm. Why does everybody talk about him? I don't yeah. get it. He's probably one of the most influential people. He is the most influential person in all of history. And right. if you don't know who he is, you just don't get it. Right. They they started counting years different. There's before Christ and after. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But yet. Half the world refuses. Yeah. So they, they changed how our whole yearly system mm-hmm. was. There's before Christ and after. Death? Death, yeah. So 2021, we are 2021 years from when he died. Is that correct? think so i think i just double check it but i'm pretty sure that's how it works yeah well if you know head over to our facebook page and put it in the comments of this behind the scenes video so that then we can know right i didn't research that it just kind of popped in my head but that's good he was somebody powerful Mm -hmm. nonetheless because we changed how that worked how that looked and it wasn't like recently that we changed it like it got changed yeah. A long time ago. I don't know when that was. Yeah. But that points to this guy was something special. Yeah. He made a difference. He made a difference. Enough he, of a difference that they said, hey, let's start counting time differently. Right. Counting he, years differently. He changed the world. And when I was, when we were thinking about this series, we, we talked about going around and asking people, uh, who who is Jesus to you? Yeah. And I thought about that all week, and he was game changer. 
That's good. I mean, like just like this time change or how we, however you want to call that, like yeah. he he's a game changer. He's a game changer in that regards. He's a game changer in your personal life when you invite him in, mm-hmm. and he's a he'll be a game changer in your marriage. He'll be a game changer wherever you need him. He's gonna change it. He can. He can absolutely. But we've talked about before in other episodes, you gotta you gotta ask for him to change. You know what I mean? You gotta make that step. You gotta knock on the door and then he'll open it. Right. You can it Yeah, it's not always just a, a simple prayer and he's gonna show up. Like yeah. you you need to be prepared for some action steps and in, in regards to wanting these changes, actually wanting them like your heart's desire mm-hmm. and you get it's a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So he's going to come alongside you. The more you try to learn about him and the more you interact with him, it is a, it is similar to this relationship that he had with the father Yeah. and the son. For sure. Right. So he, in our previous verse, Jesus was struggling and he's calling out to his dad. Mm-hmm. My soul is in trouble. And God answered him and said, I've already done this. This is the plan. This is how you got to go. And when he heard that, I imagine he was like you and I, when Jesus has entered our life and changed it, like we find comfort in that. Yeah. And I think Jesus found comfort in that, in that moment. Like, all right, this is what I got to do. Yeah. Because he was fully man at the time. So he's feeling the sorrows and the, I'm going to leave behind my friends. I'm going to leave behind whoever. Oh, yeah, he's made my friends here on earth. And right. he knows he's going to have to leave them. Um, man, game changer. I like that. That's good. Uh, to me, you know, I've always been in church. I've always been there all the time. And for, for someone like maybe me, you kind of take for granted some stuff and then you have the so i would be like one of the disciples that i I need to see something else because you've always been there but you take for granted all the miracles let's say jesus does the disciples were with him for three and a half years they take it take they take for granted some of the stuff and then they want to see more and that's kind of where i feel sometimes i am is i've been around forever god and i feel like i go through seasons of my life where you don't necessarily feel connected but sometimes you know that's the times where god might be the closest to you um but you just don't necessarily feel that and you're like oh i need to see i need to have a a weekend where um, i can have an encounter with you or something like that or i need to go to a conference or whatever god just wants to have a relationship with you just like he did with with um jesus just like jesus did with god here he said you know, he just had a conversation. He just talked with God. We, we'd done an episode on prayer um, in the podcast. Go back and listen to that. But it's a relationship kind of thing. And so I feel like sometimes, so sometimes you take for granted Jesus because he's doing the same thing. You know, he's with you. He's with you all the time. But you want to see those big moments. And so you take advantage, you take for granted the little moments and you want the big moments. But really... God's with you all the time. That is a big moment. All the time you're with him. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, it would be um, Jesus is comforter. 
Ooh. all the time, but especially when I need it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't always necessarily feel I need it, which is the, the pride in me or my, my humanity. Well, I'm doing good right now, so I don't necessarily need you. But then it tends to be when you're not doing good is when you need him and when you tend to call out for him. Yeah. But if you call out for him all the time, he's there. He's with us all the time. Right. Through the Holy Spirit, through his word. It's a rela- it's all about relationship. Yeah. And so when you need comforting, he's always there. Yeah. I like that. I didn't I didn't grow up in a church and I've uh I think I've said that in one of our previous episodes, but uh I you brought up encounter and my encounter was a couple of years ago mm. um at a an encounter weekend if you will uh but from that moment forward like my life was changed like i my relationships changed like there were things i was able to walk away from that that god just took from me mm. and it it helped my relationship not only with him but it helped my relationship with my wife it helped my relationship with my daughter, with my son. Like I could see the things in my life that I wasn't doing right and I wasn't loving the way I should love. And from that weekend forward, September 18th, September 22nd of 2018 mm-hmm. was the day I met Jesus. And like I've, I've lived a different way since then. Yeah. So that's where I come with the word game changer. It's good. So for you guys out there listening, who is Jesus to you? What's that word or what's that? I think this is the challenge maybe for for this episode or for this week is to say, who is Jesus to you? Is he game changer? What did he change? Is he the comforter? How does he come for you? In a sentence, in a word, what is Jesus to you? Um, think about that this week. Um, I think it's super important to think on these kinds of things that maybe you don't think about. You take for granted some of these things. But just like when we when we break down the Bible, you didn't think of that verse that way until you actually broke it down, researched what that word you didn't understand right. meant, right? and then changes your perspective. So take some time and listen or think about that this week. Who is Jesus to you? Because we know what the Bible says, but who is he to you? Yeah, I think that is a great challenge for our viewers. Um, and if you want, jump over to our Facebook page and just leave a comment. Yeah, we, we would love or send us a message. We'd love to hear it, and uh, and maybe we'll share it without your name on there. But um, I I just think that's a great challenge, and it's probably going to be a challenge for me this week. I'm going to continue to f- reflect on it as well. So yeah. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, We greatly appreciate it and hope you have a blessed week. I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Two Fish Podcast where we try to keep biblical truth simple. Make sure you go check out our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Hit those like, subscribe, and share buttons and make sure you keep coming back.